you will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Hello, Galactic Holonet. This is your Operator Sosa. I'm pleased to say that I've killed Sable Tiberius and with the assistance of his ignoble crew. Thank you, Sable. Couldn't have done it without you. Yes, uh, and the name is Kelvin Tiberius. Uh, and you're and you're just a cabin boy, right? I'm just a cabin boy. Nah. Uh huh. So I, I'm not I'm not going to promote you for the record, uh, and you better not conspire against me. Of course I won't. I would never conspire against anyone, just like I didn't conspire against the last person that wouldn't promote me. I'm, I'm glad we're on the same page. Uh, also part of my mutineering band of buccaneers, I've got Alex Robach. How are you, Alex? Hey, guys. I'm doing well. Excellent. And then finally joined is Blair Bunky. Blair. Do I get a promotion at least? Um, well, the captain spot's open. Ooh, that might be a bit above my skill level. Yeah, you see, there's kind of a terminal condition associated with it, though, so it's all yours. Well, in that case. All right, Captain Blair, excellent. Um, so, all right, uh, we are here tonight without our ignoble pirate Lord Kelvin, who has been dumped out of the airlock and is now floating in space. But um, the good news is we do have Wave 9 to talk about. You guys stoked? Wave 9, you like it? Yes. Yeah, buddy. It looks awesome. It really does. FMT's done a good job. Well, we finally know why the six sucks. We've been flying it backwards the entire time. <laughs> Do you think they just use the same model or a very similar model? It looks pretty similar. No, it's a very different model. Modified model? It's very different. Oh, yeah, it's true. Um Cool. So let's see. Uh, uh, on the docket tonight, we also have we're going to talk about some booty because Sable won himself a regional. Congratulations, Sable. Thank you. Thank you. It was a long, hard fought victory. Uh huh. Your march was imperial, though. You went like 10 and 0, dude. Yes. Yes. 10 and 0. No draws. No modified wins. Just mm-hmm. 10 straight up victories. Right, you know, you're my hero for not IDing in the last round. Yeah, about that. I uh, I offered one to my round six opponent. He didn't. Oh, want you to. scurvy dog! Yes, send ethics complaints to the scum and villainy podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you know, I, I took a draw in my regional as well. To be fair, in round two, I was offered a intentional draw. Mm, I did not take it. Interesting. That was the kind of theorist gambit there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, it was Raul Flores, local. We've played a lot. He, he sees me, uh, my name, and oh, come on, please, please, ID. It's my only chance. <laughs> you just terrorize that community, don't you? A little bit, yes. You're a bastard. I, I am, I'm not a nice person. Uh, so, um, all right, well, let's break it down. I want to hear three of your games. Okay, let's, let's, let's talk about what he flew first. Oh, yeah. Start, with, right. start at the beginning. All right, let's go. Well, if we're going to start at the beginning, we have to start before the list I flew and mention that I flew this entire tournament wearing a shirt that says, I'm kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. 
because it amuses me so much. It's a shame it didn't have our, our podcast logo on it. It should have, yes. Hmm. Okay, so I flew a list called Last Winter's Night. I've talked about this several times. Uh, <laughs> several times? Dude, you've been playing it forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's four Black Squadron pilots with Crackshot, Wampa, and Omega Leader with Juke and Com Relay. Mm-hmm. Yep, that- it's your fave. This is your kind of current seasonal list. Yes, this is my current top tier list. If I need to really compete, this is the list I grab. So how many people did you shock by having a Wampa without Palpatine? Were they like, what? No, because I ran into several others. Oh, cool. At this point, the novelty is worn off, but Wampa still does his job remarkably well. Yeah. Which is to be bigs. I, uh... It's very scary because once you get that, if you have like Corrin and if you get a little bit lucky with Wampa early and like the first one's a crit, now you're on like pins and needles every time Wampa gets a shot at him. And you're just, you're basically evading with Wampa the whole time. So even though I'm like Usos and I'm not the biggest fan with Wampa as Wampa without Palp, I mean, for 14 points, you really can't come by anything better, really. So I, I generally focus with him, but I'm much more aggressive with him. I kind of I don't want to discourage my opponents from shooting at Wampa by evading with him. Mm-hmm. Yep. Instead of now, if I had Palpatine in the list, certainly I'd evade. But I don't. I need that focus for damage output. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what uh, what asteroids did you choose to bring, and why did you choose choose those? I always take the three largest asteroids. Always. And I'm a, I'm able to do this because I don't have Howlrunner. I don't mind if I break apart my squadron to fly through rocks because it really doesn't decrease my firepower as much. I'm totally comfortable sp- splitting apart my squadron, and I'll do it often. In fact, one of my tactics is... I'll start the initial joust and then break apart and everybody goes somewhere else. And then my opponent doesn't know how to deal with four to six independent threats. And I'm comfortable enough now with flying all of them that it's rare that I bump unintentionally. Uh, I can, I can be effective with all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I take the, when you fly like a tie swarm really well, it feels so nice, right? It's like having a Jaguar, you know, just yes. like flying around with your swarm. It's It's so fun. And I take the largest rocks because they're the most likely ones to disrupt my opponent. Uh I'm comfortable around rocks. I cut my teeth in this game playing a three-shuttle list. I'm okay with rocks. Mm -hmm. Cool. So that was your list. Let's talk about um, your tournament. So I guess we we all know you won, so I'd love to hear about your final. Um, I'd also like to hear about your, your toughest game or the, the game that was most difficult for you. And then um, I'd like to know about a game that you should have lost, but in fact you won. Hmm. The last one is going to be difficult because I don't feel I should have lost any of those games. Nah, that was a trick question. Of course you shouldn't have lost any. Right. You. you... <laughs> uh, okay, so let's start out with um, your toughest game. So I read your write-up, which we've linked in our show notes on both Team Covenant and FFG. 
And uh, it sounds like your top 16 one was a real barn burner. So why don't you tell us about it? This was top 16 match. I was top seed having gone 6-0 and in Swiss. Thanks to round six where I, I played against my opponent. My opponent had was the only four and two player to make the cut, Daniel Bates. Good player, roll initiative, and I win the roll. So I take it. That was a a boon for me. I set up on the right corner. He sets up in the left corner, my left. So 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 can you like briefly cover like what list he is flying? Oh, sorry. He's got a, a crack swarm as well. Hal runner with crack shot. Uh, four, or sorry, three blacks with crack. Omega squadron pilot with com relay and juke and wampa. That's a hundred point list, just like hundred point list, just like me. He sets up in the opposite corner, but I've kind of screened it. When I placed the asteroids, I placed one near his two and two corner, and then due south of it one length which means that he's got a corridor he has to fly down or he has to turn in but there's a couple other rocks near it so if he turns to his left he doesn't have an easy path there's no lane to fly through so i know he's going to go directly down the corridor i've created for him along the side of the board which means i turn all of my my guys, or my brick of five in barrel roll towards my board edge. And Omega Leader goes into the asteroids and evades. I do this, and the next round, I know he's going to stream uh, scream forward more, and I go slow. I should have gone a little faster. I could have gotten a, free, a couple free shots, but uh, I was happy with the engagement that I got. Bank in, he banks in, shots happen. Because I have initiative, I'm able to burn Hal Runner down before any of his fours shoot. Uh, and I also destroy one of the other uh, Black Squadron pilots. Yeah, had, Hal, had Hal already been wounded in the previous round of fire? No, there was no previous round of fire. Okay, so this is the first, first engagement. You first, kick her down in the very first engagement. Yeah, a crack shot makes that easy. Uh-huh. Right, right. So I burn her down. I burn another black down. I lose one in return. Uh, Excellent first engagement for me. Uh, I'll say, yeah, Hal Runner's dead. Like the the, his swarm's taking a licking. It's once the swarm starts to disperse and doesn't have as kind of the forward momentum that it has in kind of formation. It it becomes in a way both more and less dangerous. The the next round, I make a mistake. And he blocks Omega Leader and takes her out. And I was, I knew this was a possibility. Um, and I was kind of banking on her, uh, either surviving or being destroyed, but me doing more damage. And my dice go cold. Mm-hmm. But you had so, the evade token on her, right? From, uh, I from had really- the evade token, didn't matter. He burns her down. Mm-hmm. Um, Ugh, painful. Right. And, my entire swarm is at range one of his swarm with unanswered shots. So I'm thinking, okay, that's fine. And then I start blanking rolls. I put like two damage on that round. Don't kill anything. 
so it was not a good exchange for me. Okay, that's fine. I've still got um, four on four. Uh, I'm able to take one of his ships down rather quickly uh, the next round. I then start chasing his Omega Squadron pilot because I need that dead now. I, I can't mess around with it. Uh, it takes me two rounds. I get it. That's fine. I've got four on two. But then my dice go cold again. And I, it becomes four on two to, to three on two to two on two. Okay, I've got a full health Wampa, a full health black versus a full health black and a one health black. That's mm-hmm. fine. I can do yeah, this. You're still good. I'm still good. We're good here. No problems. And then uh, Wampa moves in range one of one of his ships. Wampa has a focus. He doesn't. This should be easy. I blank the attack roll. He rolls um, uh, hit, hit, crit. Wampa rolls one eye. He still has crack shot. Wampa's one-shotted. Mm. This is even, not a even, good... Song. Even with a focus token on him? Even with a focus token, gone. Nothing yeah. I can do. So wait, so now it's down to one black against a one hit point black and a... What, was, what else was the second ship he had? Uh, another black squadron with three health. Okay. Huh. Okay, I can do this. I just need to get the damaged one off the board. And of course, he, he immediately uh, rabbits with the hurt tie but i'm in a bad mm-hmm. position i can't just turn and face his fully healthy one um, if i k-turn that's not a good time so so i decide i'm going to pursue the damaged one it's mm-hmm. not the best call but i figure he's not going to be expecting it and if i can keep the pressure up i can keep him uh off balance and how much time is left at this point uh i don't know uh, at this, me as a player at the time, I didn't know. That wasn't mm-hmm. even a consideration. I'm not looking at running out the clock. Yeah. Uh, but I know this has been one of my longer games at this point. Uh, but if his tie is running, you're, it's basically you're on the clock, right? you got to move as quick Correct. as possible. Correct. I, ha- I have to down. kill something. Yeah. But I have initiative. So if I kill something and we go to time, I win. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he's evading. And I'm not getting range one shots. So it's... <laughs> Nothing, 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 turn after turn. And I get into kind of a bad position where he's turning around a large rock, but I'm at the wrong angle. If I chase him, I go over the rock. And his other ship is coming up. I could try to turn away, but it doesn't give me any good opportunities there. I decide I'm going to take the risk. I do a three hard over the rock. I complete the maneuver. I don't take any damage from the rock, so I dodge a bullet. And then his hurt tie does a three hard right in front of me and can't barrel roll. So he evades. And then the other tie does a three forward, jumping over his hurt tie and running into mine. So runs into me, no shots. Only shot that round is my tie on his. I roll two natural hits. He blanks his defense. I get it off the board. Wow. So now it's one on one healthy. Now it's one on one healthy, both fully healthy. Now I'm at Uh a disadvantage because I have initiative and he can barrel roll. Yep. Knowing but you, this. but you also have the advantage of having the initiative. So correct. If, if it goes to time, I win yeah, now. Yeah, interesting. But 
I, even now, I'm not thinking about running. Uh, I'm thinking, how do I kill this guy? And first, my first approach is, okay, well, K, trade some shots, see how the dice roll. And the dice roll, nobody's taking damage. Okay, uh, but every time, we'll, we'll do a K, do a two forward, attack, K, two forward, attack. And this goes back several turns, but I realize that I'm ever so slightly moving towards this rock. It's not going to be this turn, but if we keep moving at this rate, I'm going to be the one uh, that has to break away. So I decided to break away early in order to re-engage, try to change the engagement, see if I can get an advantage other than hoping my dice are better than his. Um, so I evade, uh, I move away, okay, turn, come back. And he gets a crit through. And it's blinded pilot. Oh, no. No! Um, you got to figure you're cooked at this point, right? I, I, I'm sweating. So I, I move, I break engagement again, I evade, I, and I notice something that I've got a good angle now. As I'm, I'm, instead of K turning to re-engage, I turn again, and he follows me. But he's got an asteroid to his left that he can't bank or turn around. So I decide I'm going to K turn. It gives me an unanswered shot against him. So I take it. No damage. That's fine. But now he's in an interesting position. He's got a bunch of options. He can turn in towards me, or he can K-turn, or he can try to uh, break away. He's got options. I decide I'm going to risk it and bank towards where he'll be if he does a 4K-turn. And I'm right. He does a 4K-turn. I've got a focus or sorry, I evade just in case. So all I've got is an evade. I roll my attack. Hold on, actually, stop. Pause there. So Sir. I got to figure like that. Four K is got to be a big mistake for him, right? Because if yes, I mean, who K turns into somebody's bank? I mean, um, that that sounds like a blunder. Well, the way I was pointing, the average player would do a two forward, expecting another uh, range one engagement. Mm-hmm. If I had done a two forward, there's nothing I could do to block or to, to he would have an unanswered shot on me. Mm-hmm. My only, the only reason this was a mistake was for him was I called his maneuver. Oh, I get it. So basically you kind of banked in. I understand. You're, so you're I, kind of slightly I, yeah. beneath him on the left. Had he done a two forward, huh. I would have been screwed. Yeah. Well, this is a X wing, right? Like right. pick A or pick B. Sometimes you just got to pick one. And I call it right, and I attack, and I get hit crit, and he rolls one evade, and that crit wins me the game because it is stunned pilot. Mm. Now he's stressed, so I uh, and his return shot did nothing because I had an evade token. He's stressed because he just K turned. So I do a one hard right in front of me, or in front of him, and focus because either he's going to jump over me. Or he's going to try to break away either way I've got him. And he tries to do a one hard, assuming that I'd go further, faster, bumps into me, takes a damage. I turn back the other way. He does a two forward, bumps into me. It's game. 
there's then I oh, find so he out actually died on the uh, stun pilot. Yeah. Huh. Then I find out there's three minutes left on the clock. <laughs> wow. So I uh, finished that game. I won that game. And you got to go start your next game right away. Right. Right. Uh-huh. That's one of those games that you win though. And you're like, okay, I'm, I'm not losing the rest of the tournament now. <laughs> right. That, that was, that was my tough game. Yep. Okay. So, um, wow. That one sounds like, uh, just agonizing. Uh, let, those tie in games can really kind of tear you apart. Well, and so, we were the last, uh, well, I think, there may have been one other game, but we were one of the last games and everybody was gathered around our table watching uh-huh. this epic duel of two TIE fighters. <laughs> and you were all sweaty, weren't you? Oh yeah. No, I was sweating. I was stressed. I was, I, but I was also hyper-focused. I was on my game. Uh, the, the ships that I had lost earlier, I still don't think I made mistakes with them. Mm-hmm. It was that I missed a couple key roles, so they vanished. Uh, and that's just how it goes sometimes. But I, I still think I was out flying him. Uh, and he's a good opponent, but I, I, more times than not, I knew what he was doing and he didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. So I'm going to blitz through your uh, top eight and top four. I'll just tell everyone what you flew against and then we'll let's head up to the top one, the finals. So you hit a Poe Miranda Gray. Who list. was my uh, my opponent in top six. Or, uh, uh, the round, round six. six, yeah. yeah. This Eric, is the Eric rematch Larson. to the guy who forced me to not ID. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I crushed him. Yeah, twice. I beat him 100, 100 nothing. Very good. <laughs> no, it wasn't and then you, nothing, but. Oh, it wasn't? Uh, whoever entered the day into this juggler just made each each uh, each game 100 nothing mm-hmm. in the finals. Um, all right, so then you played. Clay Longino. Ooh, he was flying a Talosworm. Look at that. Yes. Was blunt Top with a four Talosworm. Uh, okay, so he had Blunt, with blunt. Tracers, VI, Chimps. And then he had one, two, three, four, five Talos. All with different, well, three of them had there concussion three concussions. Ion yeah, Pulse missiles and, and a Thread Tracer. One Ion Pulse and a Thread Tracer. Yeah. Cool list. Yeah, I, I liked seeing it, but I. I had its number. Uh-huh. I'm really curious what he beat in this tournament. Um, he beat a bunch of stuff. Oh, I'm going to go through right now. Hold on. All, all the lists are in, are in Juggler. I'm going to quickly look. Yeah, the entire tournament is. Yeah. Uh, why don't you guys okay, give, me, so give, me, give me this moment of indulgement. Um, I just want to see right quick, Alex. I know you want to keep okay. this going. Cracking the whip. In top, all right. Let's see. So he beat. uh, He beat Dash Alex. Look at that. He beat a Dash Rubble. I'm sure that makes you mad. I mean, Uh, it can happen if you get get target locked. He he took out a Sinter and Karner list. Um, let's see. He yeah. He He killed IG88s, robots, um, Lothal Rebel and Dash. A Dengar Boba Fett build. Sunter, Karnor, Epsilon, Epsilon. Oh, I take it back. He lost to that, um, Dengar. The Dengar Fett? Yeah. That, that's, uh, Chumby. That's the host of. Oh, yeah, there Death it is. Run. Jeremy Chumbly, yeah. Cool. Well spotted. Shout out to, uh, the Kessel Run podcast. Yes. Good All podcast. Right. They need to podcast more. They do. All right. So, um, Alex, you want to cut to the top one? 
Okay, so top one, we're looking at another crack swarm. <laughs> That's a joke. This time, Table's top this time we have right. a uh, Howl Runner with crack shot stealth device. Um, three black squadrons with crack shot, an Omega squadron with crack shot, and then Wampa. So you know, all all PS4 hundred point squad. 99 point squad. Oh, it's 99 points. So he has the choice of initiative. And he gives it to me. Hmm. This was a tactical error on his part. He had been, uh, apparently earlier on, he was uh, having trouble because uh, he had initiative and it was later game. So early game, it, it helped him, but late game, he was having trouble because his opponent was barrel rolling and outflying him. So he decides to give it to me for that purpose. Hmm. But it means that during the first opening engagement, disaster happens to him. Right. You block him, I assume. I block his entire squad. Well, two of his, uh, two of his back PS4 ships are able to jump over and focus and have the front guys run into them. But that's two focus out of six. Um, now, uh, the, his Howl Runner attacks one of my ships, naturally rolls hit hit crit. I roll two blanks, crack shot. Off the board, he one-shots a tie, which hurts. But in response, I'm able to just delete Howlrunner from existence, and I'm able to delete his Omega Squadron pilot from existence. Um, And then I lose a second ship. That's fine. Uh, so I, I lose one. Because your goal in this game is to get Omega Leader to fly against one or two ties. Correct. So. And, and then the next turn, he turns in towards my Omega Leader. I kind of expected, but I didn't have a lot of good options for avoiding it. Um, but I'm able to block one of his ships. Um, two of his ships are at range two. One of his ships, uh, so Omega Leader has an evade token, no target lock. Banks in. I've got a range one shot on his Wampa and two range two shots on a couple of his ties, one of which still has a crack shot. Uh, a couple of my ties have, have K turned behind his squadron and one of them turns and blocks one of his ties. So those two are not in the engagement. I've got a choice. I can try to take off the the tie with crack shot, but it's unlikely. Or I can go after Wampa. And and I'm deciding this when I've got my action. I decide to focus. I don't have target lock. I decide to attack Wampa at range one. And I roll one hit and two eyes. I can save my focus for defense, or I can spend it on attack. I decide I'm going to be aggressive, and I spend it. Three hits. He rolls two eyes and a blank. Wampa has to spend his focus in order to survive. And does. And then Wampa attacks back and rolls three eyes. Oh, no. And then his two other ties attack and do a total of two damage to a Megaleader. I, I have to spend my evade token. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I take two damage. Omega leader is fine. 
So her shields are down and she's got two health left? Yes. My, my shots, um, I'm able to take off one of his ships. So now it's four versus three. I'm able to then continue moving Omega Leader out of harm. He keeps trying to go after her. She's evaded. Doesn't matter. Um, he doesn't hurt her. I continue the pressure. The following turn, she gets out of there. She just bugs out, evades again. Um, I'm now playing the block game, and I'm playing the... I'm going to get range one shots at your actionless ties. I'm able to take out one of his ships and knock the other two down to one health, and he concedes. Because it's clear, I mean, we've got four ships left, Omega Leader's still on the board, he's got two out-of-position ties that are damaged, it's over. And I walk away with the trophy. Nice. So he resigned right there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. And I'm looking here at your loot, I see you posted a picture, you got the shiny glass see-through yes. regional champion. Is that, is that all acrylic? Can it be melted down? I don't is know. It just a big chunk of acrylic? I don't know if it's acrylic or glass. Because um, no. you know it belongs to Blair now. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Blair, you have to enforce your pirate will. Yep, good luck on that. Uh, it's it's <laughs> sitting a, next... He, he's just a cabin boy, Blair. It's sitting next to my other trophy uh, at work because I got one for 2015. I won the Austin Regional last year. Uh-huh, yep. and, and one of the, the sweetest things about winning the Dallas Regional is that I got too sick to go down to Austin this year. I couldn't go and defend my title. Mm-hmm. And I was very bummed walking into this tournament because I'd missed what I thought was my chance. This Dallas is 113 people, which was actually lower than our estimates. That's uh, still a huge tournament. The chances of me walking away victorious are, are much lower than Austin was. Mm-hmm. Um, so this this really helped uh, kind of help me bounce back from that. Uh, the, the parts of the loot that are not there is I also won two FFG Starfield playmats. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's great. You probably don't play Armada. Uh, I have plenty of maps if I do. So uh-huh. I've, I've already given one away to a player that needed one. Cool. I'll probably give the other one away as well. Nice. You got the shiny white dice, I see. Are you experiencing the uh, the hole in your gut that comes with not having a full set of six of each? I do. Well, I don't have six of the 2014 dice. Mm-hmm. I got the, the, the milky dice at Tulsa as well. I placed top eight there. Oh, okay, cool. So, hey, speaking of which, guys, I, uh, I managed to do a trade and completed my set of shiny uh, milky dice. Nice. Yeah. Um, so that was good. Um, had to trade away some shield tokens and mm. whatnot for it, but it was worth it. I'm happy one, to have a complete set. One of the things that um, Dallas Regionals did was they were actually giving out random prices. Uh, I didn't get any, which was fine. But they they had cracked open a bunch of league kits from 2014 mm. and were giving those out. Uh, what was in those kits? Uh, we're talking the old shield tokens. We're talking oh, yeah, a bunch the blue of the ones, pilots. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. A bunch of things that a lot of the newer players never had a chance to get. Yep. 
Cool. Well, congrats again, man. That Thank was a, you. an epic run. You're going to have to do it again next year, though. Yes. For any of the listeners out there that want all of the details, make sure to go check out the the write-ups I've done. Uh, the links will be in the description. Yeah. Or you can- all right. So let's do a quick tally on how the Scum and Villainy podcast did. Quick what? So we got one regional winner. Nice job, Sable. Um, Thank you. Let's see. We got a top four from Blair. Um, a top eight from me, another top eight from Alex, and a top 16 from Alex, I think was the final result. Um, I, it was a cut to the top eight, so, but I did make the top 16. And the second one, yes. Yeah, yeah. And you made the cut in the first one. Yes. Yeah, cool. Nice. We're gaining on Minoc. We're not uh, there yet, but we're closing the distance. Yeah, you know, we should, we should, uh, challenge them to a match. Uh-huh. Hey, Minox Squadron, if you're listening. Yeah, come get some. See, Kelvin was scared of you, but we're not. <laughs> no. Seriously, they've had a great regional season, though. Give a shot. And Texas is one of my favorite players to watch, so give a shout-out to them. They've been killing it. Uh-huh. Okay, so what's their record? Well, they've got two wins. Uh, Tex won with the Crack mm-hmm. Swarm. Yep. And uh, one of the hosts, I can't remember his name, uh, just won... I believe with the Minox special, it's pretty much what they all fly. Awesome list. And, uh, and they've got a number of top fours and top eights as well, like more than us too. So they've just been killing it. They really have. Mm, making us look bad. Yep. Okay. Minox come take us on and vassal. Uh, we got to figure out our board order though. Blair or Sable on board one. Um, cool. All right. So we got hey. big news. Oh, Alex, you're going to say something. No, no, I was going to try to transition us to the big news. All right, here we go, the big news. So big news is that FFG has announced the new wave, Wave 9. It's a uh, four-ship wave. We've got um, two from the Scum and one Imperial and one Rebel. All right, so the Rebel is an ARC-170. The Imperial is an Imperial TIE Special Forces. And the two scums, the one is the scum protectorate starfighter, and the last one is the scum lancer class pursuit craft, which is the only large ship from the wave. It's also and, the one uh, that it, looks the most like it came out of attack wing. It does, yeah. Yeah. So is your least favorite looking ship, you would say? Right. Uh-huh. You know, what's that weird design on the TIE fighter, though? I've never seen one of those before. It looks like a TIE fighter. <laughs> I think they skimped a little on the TIE fighter design. It is supposedly well, slightly different, right? The, the I think you kind of have to blame uh, Disney slash Lucas Films for that. Yeah, blame Episode Seven. It it, mm-hmm. it is a new model. FFG was clear about that. Uh, it does have the turret. It does have the radar, uh, the little antenna thing. Uh, it's got a couple other changes, so it is accurate to the models that were used on set. It's not just a a slightly altered one that they used. Yep. Well, cool. Um, I mean, um, I like a TIE fighter with a rear-firing arc. That is a nice new mechanic to the game. And we have another big mechanic to the game, which is the uh, the kind of rotating fire arc that the uh, the big boy has the scum the lancer class pursuit craft so um anyone want to walk me through the mechanics of that of that thing so 
the way it seems to work is you have a little button on your base that points towards one of your four firing arc zones. And as an action, you can uh, turn it. I think I think you can only turn it 90 degrees, but I'm not 100% on that. And you know, if you catch a ship in that arc, you can shoot them. The way it looks is that you can choose one of the four 90-degree angles. You can choose to have the mobile arc forward, to the sides, or to the back. We don't really know all the details for how to move it other than it takes an action. We don't know if you can only rotate it one quadrant or if you can go anywhere. Actually, in the article, hold on, it says, I'll, I'll read you the article. Okay. Indicated by a token that lays on the ship's base, the mobile firing arc can occupy any of the four quadrants indicated on the base, and a pilot can use the rotate arc action to move it to any other quadrant. Okay, there we go. Yeah, any other quadrant. Missed that. Yeah, so it can, it can go anywhere, which is nice. It's very flexible. Let's let's keep in mind that the side firing arcs are probably going to be where you want it most of the time, just because they're they're bigger than the front front arcs. Because the front arcs are only eighty degrees; they're not a full ninety degrees. Now, I'm going to pose you guys an interesting conundrum: How does this ship work with backstabber? Mm, I would say that probably would depend on the mobile firing arc, the position of that arc. It's probably going to get fact, but I would say that's most likely the case, is that it's only whatever your active arc is, is what they're going to rule. Except that if you don't arc. have a uh, a phantom docked with a ghost, you still... Or how does that work? We don't know the definition of printed arc is with when it relates to this, because it's not active arc, it's printed arc. And hmm. technically this has printed arcs in all directions. True. Yeah. It's probably going to get a fact. Um, all right. So I see that also this, uh, new rebel ship, the arc One Seventy, has a rear firing arc. Yes. What do you guys think about that? It's the first rebel ship we've seen with a rear firing arc. Any thoughts? Let's talk about its uh, stat line first. We should, we should go over that. Let's do it. All right, okay, so, so um, dig into the arc. Okay, so it's a two-attack ship with a forward arc and a rear arc, but more on that later. It has one agility, six all three shields. So it's um, another standard, another heavy fighter, sort of like the B-Wing or the K-Wing sort of role, just by quick glancing at it. And it has focused target lock actions, and then for slots, it has a torpedo slot, a crew slot, and an astromech slot. So you get some p- cool combinations there between uh, crew and astromech. Yeah, this should please you, right? You're always uh, grousing about how crappy the astromech cards are. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see if anyone can get other astromech cards to work that aren't like R3A2. Mm-hmm. So we've got a full list of combinations that are coming later on in the uh, the episode, but there's some awesome combos there for sure. I, I will say not yeah. a combo, just a, an astromech card that I think you're going to want to explore on this ship is just the generic R5 astromech. Yep, just more green for the dial? No, that's the R2 oh, that's the R2, sorry, what does R5 do? R5 it, during the end phase, if you have a ship crit face up, you can flip it face down. Oh. That includes direct hits. 
That includes a bunch of the really annoying ones like weapons failure. It's huge ability that nobody thinks of because usually when you're running an astromech, you're running, you know, an X-Wing, which only has three hull, or you're running a Y-Wing and you're using it for something else like the R2 to get the maneuverability. That allows you on this ship to exploit the R5 to its its peak performance. Anyway, continue with the stat line. Okay. So, stat line, standard actions, target lock focus. Okay, so let's talk about the uh, the title card for the ship, which is Alliance Overhaul. And it's a zero-point title cost. So, And it says, when attacking with a primary weapon from your primary arc, you may roll one additional attack die. So from the front, it's a three-attack die ship. And when you're attacking from your auxiliary firing arc, you may change one focus result to a crit result. So good. Yeah, we should... Zero, zero points. Yeah, these these title cards are not so much like buffs as they are in a way to fit additional text onto a card or onto a ship that you can't do with the existing mechanics. Yeah, well, and they also take away the modification slot, which is important. No, they don't. They're title. Oh, it's a title? Oh, I thought it was a mod. Oh, it's a title. You're right. Wow. I do like how they're making it clear that these are military surplus ships left over from the Clone Wars instead of the game expanding into the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. They're like, don't worry, nerds. We're not going there. Right. <laughs> well, maybe I, we'll go there a little bit. And you'll notice it has no generic pilots. Hmm. I did not notice that. Yes. That's very interesting. You think all you think they'd all be dead, but I guess it, oh, it's like just modern people flying around the yes, ships. Correct. Uh, okay, makes sense. Yeah, that's yep. cool. Very so dramatic. there will never be a reason for you to buy more than four of these ships. <laughs> Good point. Um, so okay, this title's great. Can I have one for the hawk, please? Yes, pretty, pretty please. Yes, you can. Uh, although you see, someone went six and zero, oh, and um. The Yavin tournament last week, flying quad hawks. Nice. Yeah, he lost nice. his last three games, though, unfortunately. Mm, because he had hawks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's... Wait, let's... So wait, well, before we do that, um, I want to rewind a bit to kind of the ship itself, which is, is this ship kind of missing the meta? I mean, because it just looks like more fodder for um, contract scouts and tournament play. I was thinking about that, and... No, I don't think so. The ship is cheap enough that you can easily have one in your list, but on average, it's going to take three missiles or torpedoes to take this guy off because they have nine hit points instead of eight. And the they prob- can play games with like integrated astromechs and uh, well, droids. Well, not integrated. Oh, but with droids rather. Um, like, you know, the critical hit, the critical damage droid. Right. The, the average contracted scout is going to do four damage to this guy, then four damage to this guy. It's still going to have a hit point left, assuming that they get lucky and this guy doesn't roll an evade. I think, I think that is actually a pretty decent place to be because if there's, if they're wasting two or three shots on this guy, 
there, you have the rest of your list. It's absorbing a lot of the ordinance from the contracted scouts. Yep. Cool. All right, well, let's keep going. Um, let's talk about Shara Bay. Uh, so she is a PS6, ARC-170 pilot. And her special ability is when another friendly ship at range 1-2 is attacking, it can treat your tar- blue target lock as its own. And I should note, actually, it's target lock tokens in case you have more than one, which you can now get with Weapons Engineer. Yes. Mm-hmm. So this one's pretty cool. She's basically going to add a lot of oomph to someone's attack. Or uh, allow them so, to fire a missile. Oh, yeah. Good point. Yeah. So, a uh, little fluff. She's um, Poe Dameron's mother, Shara Bay, um, who was uh, Green 4 during the Battle of Yavin. Mm. We also have uh, Wexley's mother. Oh, who, who's Wexley's mother? Nora Wexley, the next one. Oh, hey. Oh, you're right. So um, this was a card that an eagle-eyed Reddit user picked out. So Nora is PS7 pilot, and she's one point more at 29. And her special ability is, and she has an elite pilot talent as well, um, when she's attacking or defending, you can spend a target lock you have on the enemy ship in order to add a focus result. I'd huh. like to go back to Shara. Because Shara has some interesting combos. And this is a good time to start talking about the crew and astromech pairings. Mm-hmm. This is the first time we've seen this. The first ship we've ever had that has both crew and astromech. Yeah, so there's a bunch of really interesting pairings here. I know we were talking about this before the cast. You like her with weapons engineer, right? I like her with Weapons Engineer and R7-T1. So now she can boost, get two target locks, and her friends can use her target locks. Right, and she can fire out of her rear arc with one of those target locks. So she could potentially reposition so that she's got... She may not have a shot um, with her rear arc, but when she does the boost, she'll get one. Yes, and that yeah. shot will have an automatic mini focus for the from the eye to the crit. Yeah, I think that helps with the R seven T one's drawback of you have to take a target lock on the ship that's in your firing arc. Mm-hmm. Because now you you acquire one on the ship in your firing arc or in their firing arc, uh-huh. or your rear firing arc if you want, and you can. Uh, you can get a target lock on something else entirely different. It's a win-win. Yep. Super cool. All right, let's do some more. So, uh, well, I don't, I don't, let's, let's not go too far into this. We have a lot of stuff to cover and there was like an excellent thread on the FFG forums covering this. All right. We'll, we'll link it in the uh, show notes, but let me just say that R3A2 and Gunner is here to stay. The, the other one I want to point out, because I didn't see it elsewhere, was R4-D6 and Ezra Crew. Excellent crew right now, because you're dealing with Ordnance, which does four hits, and you have one agility, and you go, nope, I'll take a stack of stress and two damage. 
But because I have Ezra, I can still modify in both arcs. And if I, if they're in the rear arc, I can t- turn two of my eyes into two crits. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is very good. That's going to be a tanky arc 170. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, let's keep going then. So we talked about Nora and, um, there is a, an, an upgrade. That wasn't spoiled from the pack, but we got a screenshot of it, at least half of it. We think it's going to be called Vector Thrusters, is our guess. And small ship only, it looks like it will give the ship a barrel roll action. And the uh, current guess is this will either be one or two points. No. So, I mean, be three? engine upgrade is four, and that gives mm-hmm. a boost. But engine upgrade is like exclusively used on large base ships. Oh, unless you're a theorist. <laughs> or, or you know, something like Cornhorn. Yeah, large ships and aces. It has its place on small ships. So yeah, uh, I'm, I'm much. I would be very surprised if this is less than three points. I can huh. see it being three or four. Uh, I'm betting two. That's my bet. Okay. I mean, because you can already, you can already get a barrel roll for two points if you're willing to give up your EPT. At the cost of a stress. Yeah, and also the cost of your APT slot. But it also deletes yeah. a target lock on you, which people True. get, and that's important in the current meta. Mm-hmm. Which is weird, because we're like seven waves away from when it first came out. Right. Eight waves away. <laughs> well, um, also, ahead. even though this is only a title, if you look at the Starfighter, it also has essentially a one-point barrel now that's exclusive to just that ship but it also includes a tractor beam as well so if you're going by that to say it'd be three points i think you'd say you're overshooting it a little bit but again that is exclusive only to the starfighter so all right you guys ready to roll over to our next ship let's do it all right so the fluff here is that the special tie um forces fighter has only flown by the First Order's most elite pilots. They had to be authorized to do this. Um, there are two-seaters, um, which is interesting. There's no crew slot on this guy. Um, but it's got enhanced shields, weapons, and sensor systems. Um, and it's got a rear firing arc, which is nice. It's got a turret mounted in the fuselage and the pointing backwards. Um, this is a really... Nice little TIE fighter, huh? We're starting to see some kind of, you know, tech that isn't just a TIE fighter flying around. Um, what do you guys think? This is sort of like the, uh, this is the Imperial version of the T-70 mm-hmm. in some ways. Yeah, so it's stat block. It's got two and two um, attack and defense, but um, it's really chunky. It's got three shields and three hull. But you have to you have to keep in mind the uh, special special op training title, which is the uh, the way they added the additional rules text to this card. Um, and it's another zero point title that when you're attacking from your primary firing arc, you may roll one additional additional attack die. Um, and if you choose not to, you may perform an additional attack from your auxiliary firing arc. Yeah. So it's really basically a three two three three really. Mm-hmm. And you could argue he's really even better because he has that back rear firing arc as well in the title. So yeah, and like you know three shields, which is huge. 
but to agility. Yep, he's a beefy little guy. It'll be interesting um, to see what the dial looks like. How comparable is this to the TIE FO? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we're, it might fly more like a bomber, huh? Right. We're assuming that it's comparable, and it might be. But the dial is going to be important on this ship. Yeah. I have, I have a hunch it'll look something like the attack shuttle dial, but we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> All right, so they only spoiled one pilot, and they didn't actually spoil it in the article. They spoiled it from the the image that they show in the article. And um, welcome to the new meta. This is Quick Draw. It's PS9. And once around, when he has a shield token, he can perform, a, or when he loses a shield token, uh, you perform a primary weapon attack, 29 points. So this guy's a real badass, and I think the reason why he is is because... Um, Unless they fact this, he will be able to shoot in the activation phase. And there's all sorts of tricks you can play to lose the shield um, during activation. Um, and he will be shooting at Whisper or Sinterfell without tokens on him. Mm-hmm. Assuming you win initiative. Yeah. Um, or he's flying VI. Or he's flying... You don't want VI. You want adaptability and go down to 8. Oh, you want to call. move before they move. Ah, yeah, that's excellent. Yeah. The But if you take adaptability, you can't take PTL, one of the easiest ways. Now, we didn't mention this thing has a system slot, which is huge. System slot is so powerful. One of the easiest ways to get a stress token is PTL and electronic baffles. Oh, no, I got a stress. No, I didn't. I took a damage. Oh, yes, mm-hmm. I did. Yeah. So basically he could push. If he had, like, advanced sensors, he can he can, barrel, he can advanced sensor a barrel roll, for example, to get his firing arcs right. And then push um, after his movement. Uh, he's got the stress. He can, lose his, he can take the shield damage and shoot at somebody right there. Well, advanced sensors and electronic baffles are both systems. So you have to choose one or the other. Oh, uh, yeah, good point. Yeah. One of the other hilarious ways you could do this, because think about this. He could potentially have four attacks. Is instead of going push the limit, you go marksmanship and experimental interface. So you barrel roll, you use EI to trigger marksmanship, you eat mm-hmm. the stress, you now turn all of your eyes to a crit and hits, on all of your attacks this round. Mm-hmm. And you're yeah. attacking with four dice. Right. Well, no. Like five at range one, right? Because he's got three with the title. and then No, no, no. He'd be four with the title. Or you do three in the front, three in the back, three in the front, three in the back. So four, atti- four attacks all day. Right. <laughs> well, That's assuming, crazy. Assuming you're, you're, you're positioned well enough to have ships both bef- in front of you and behind you at Agreed. the same time. Agreed. Mm-hmm. And if you're flying like, you know, Sable did at regionals, you will. And you only need to pull it off once a game to completely change <laughs> everything. <laughs> Man, this guy is going to draw a lot of hate. Um, I, I, so I think they'll probably fack it to make it that he can't shoot in the activation phase. But what do you guys think? Are they going to leave that in there? I, it's, the way it's, it's written, too it's, it, seems, it seems fine to me. Huh. I think they're well aware that... The Imperial Aces have been dominating for a while. I mean, they're going back 
to maybe even before wave six, there was so much fell hate out there mm-hmm. and, uh, they've come out with a lot of stuff to go ace hate quote unquote, but this could potentially really be the ship because if you pass initiative to move before him, well, that's like the whole key to like Imperial Aces is you want to be able to move last. That's why we see all these initiative bids. So, and when people say like, well, I think baffles maybe a bit overkill because you're only going to use it against like another nine. Think about how many nines there are. I mean, in my regional, I faced like four in four different games. Like they're everywhere. And if it's only one point for electronic baffle, like you're really not, if you don't face a nine, no, that's one point. Who cares? Like I'm just going to push now and not take the damage or I still can if I really want to. So it's going to be, I, my hunch is they'll leave it in and say that he can fire in the activation phase, but I, I hope they do, but we'll, we'll have to see. And, and he is, he is PS nine. So it's not like he will be shooting every ship before they can like move and gain tokens. It's only the high pilot skill ones. Yep. Uh huh. Could he take that one upgrade that like makes you PS zero? Yes, but he move? can't take it with baffle enhanced scopes. Uh, isn't there also a, an EPT that does that? It allows you to swap pilot skill with one other person. That's during combat phase only. Ah, okay. You're thinking decoy. Okay, so um, if baffles a holdup, there are other ways to uh, lose shields, but none of them in the activation phase. Is baffle the only way to do it? Uh, no, actually, there. You can go through a rock, I suppose. Go through a rock, or my if you go through a rock, you lose your action. Mm-hmm. But if you go through a debris cloud debris. and you're with Palpatine, you can pull the stress off. Palpatine can make sure you lose that shield from the debris cloud by turning into a crit. Yeah. By turning into a crit, and you get your shot. Now I don't know if you get your shot before or after your action, but you will get your action. Let's see another way you can do it, not in the activation phase, but let's say you've got like a vessery with ruthlessness. Yeah. Um, you can intentionally ruthless ruthlessness the shield off him. Um, and then he can use it, but, uh, that is in the combat phase. Uh, the other way to do it is seismic charges. Oh yeah. Cool. <laughs> Drop a bomb <laughs> on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, now that everybody will have moved at that point. Uh, the other option is cluster mines or, Prox mines. That's a little riskier, but if you've got palp on the board, risk it. Okay. So I think we've I think we've kind of exhausted um most of most of what Quick Draw can do, at least until we like see him come out and get some FAQ answers. So let's move on to the Protectorate Starfighter, the first of the two scum ships. So this is ship with three attack, uh three agility, and four hull. And it has focus, target lock, um, boost, and barrel roll. No evade. No evade. That kind of seems, that's almost like a scum theme at this point. Yeah. Star Viper. Unless you're a large ship. And I guess they have to make him different from the Imperial versions. Yeah. And that's, that's one way to do it. At least some of them have EPTs and the coveted torpedo slot. You know, that's, that's totally the best slot to have, particularly a, a one of torpedo slot. I, I actually, I joke about it, but 
when we get to Fen Rao, I have something to use that torpedo slot for. So shall we get to Fen Rao? Yeah, yeah, let's talk about him. He's the PS9 ace in the pack. He's 28 points, has an EPT slot. He has that uh, torpedo slot. His ability is, when attacking or defending, if the enemy ship is at range one, you may roll one additional die. So that's both on attack and defense, obviously. And just to skip ahead, we have a title for this guy, the Concord Dawn Protector. One point. When when defending, if you are inside the attacker firing arc and at range one and the attacker is in your firing arc, add one evade result. Yeah, I think that's going to be important for Fen because, like, three agility ships don't really want to be at range one. But with the the title giving you one evade, as long as you can be, you know, satisfy the firing arc conditions, like, it should do okay at range one. Yes. So the thing I wanted to point out with the the torpedo slot is this guy's PS9. Awesome PS9. Assuming their dial is okay. I really hope their dial is okay. I, I mean, given their cost and their, you know, action bar, I would, you know, certainly hope that they have yes. green turns. I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping they've got a good dial. If they do, you put PTL on him. And then advanced proton torpedo because he rolls an extra die and it doesn't specify primary weapon Mm -hmm. and he can get the target lock and focus and drop Mm -hmm. six damage onto someone. And, and he's also doing this at PS nine. So yeah, evaporate before he shoots. And then he's he's defending with an extra die and probably has an evade result. Uh, I'm liking that. The only catch is like, is the um, is sort of the extra accuracy on that one shot worth um, six points? Because you're only gaining one one extra die, and Two. then you're also gaining the. Well, okay, one, but. Because, yeah, he would at, if he was shooting the ship at range one with his primary, he'd be rolling five dice. Five. And you're getting six instead. Yep. But the, uh, the ability to turn blanks to focuses is really strong. Mm-hmm. So, it'll be worth it. It's probably not going to be competitive. A- APT will never be competitive. But it should be fun, especially for a casual game. It definitely seems like it would be playable on him. Yes. Yeah, the the one thing is that this ship puts the nail in the coffin of Talonbane. Uh, Talonbane does have a shield, one less defense die, and is one point more expensive. And his ability isn't as good. And has no engine upgrade. And has no engine upgrade, no ability to barrel roll. Yeah. He is so much better than Talonbane. It's it's so kind of bad. Better. I mean, we still haven't seen the dial, but not only does he put the nail in the coffin for Talon Bane Mark, but if you compare him to like Prince Caesar as a Star Viper, oh yeah, Caesar's three more points, two less pilot skill, and again, still haven't seen the dial. Better than that, well, I mean, th- we do know that dial has a a two right Talon roll, which is red. Yeah, so. I assume it's got a two left talon roll that's red because it doesn't seem to be an asymmetrical dial, but 
at this point, we can't make that determination. I was talking to Morgan a long time ago when they first released Scum, and he didn't feel like Scum was really up to par, mainly because, you know, they didn't have an ace. Morgan loves his aces. Yes, and I agree. Again, if, again, haven't seen the dial, but if it's pretty good, this could potentially finally be the one. And got an awesome ability, PS9, good stat line, uh, could potentially be a meta shifting pilot. Yes, I agree. Okay, so there's not really too many other cards from this pack we can make out. Although, I guess we can mention briefly that there are a bunch of different pilots for this ship. Yes, six pilots, three of them named. Okay, so I guess let's move on to the the last ship of of the wave, the Lancer class Pursuit Craft. Yes. Yeah, it has three attack with the uh, mobile firing arc, um, two agility, seven hull, three shields. And then for actions, it has focus, target lock, evade, and then the whatever they're going to call the swivel your firing arc thing. See, you have to have a large base to get evade and scum. Um, for upgrade slots, it has one crew slot and two illicit slots. Wow, Mark, you must be excited. I am. What are you going to do with those two illicit slots? So on Sabine Wren, I have no choice but to put two dead man switches. <laughs> it's thematically appropriate, and when she dies, she's taken everybody with her. Very cool. I love it. What about uh, comboing with feedback array? Can you do anything there? Yes. Uh, feedback array and dead man switch. Oh, my last hit point? Take two damage. <laughs> uh, that's so good. Um, all right. So we've already talked about how you guys think the ship looks. Um, I mean, this, we haven't talked to what, I don't, what role do we kind of see the ship filling in the, the scum faction? Tractor beam dispenser? <laughs> yeah, there's that. The This is going to be filling... Uh, this role doesn't have a strict analog with the other factions because of the weirdness of its firing arc, but it's going to be a hybrid between a fat turret and an IG-88, uh, an aggressor. I think this ship will be cool in that it will... Um... It should be pretty good against aces. It should be able to shut down all other thrusters. Yes. Most of the time. Yes. Yes. Excellent. And it's got three attack dice, so it'll when it's shooting, it'll be able to actually leave a mark when it hits. Okay. So let's let's talk about the the title. It seems to be called Shadowcaster. It's three points. After you perform an attack that hits. If the defender is inside your mobile firing arc and at range one to two, you may assign the defender one tractor beam token. I'm not, yeah, I'm not too crazy about that. Um, I mean, uh, Scum and Villainy still doesn't have like a bunch of great, like swarmy ships that you can like throw in with this thing. It's still kind of like a two, three, four ship uh, faction. And the fact that it has, Nobody has ever placed top two at a Dallas regional last year with six scum ships, including five <laughs> Z95s and a Hawk. 
but go on. <laughs> There's always an exception. Things have changed just a little bit since then. Well, I think the other point is that when you have like a big ship and you're flying with the mini swarm, you want to have enough ships in the mini swarm to actually be effective, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you should be able to fit a fair amount of um, Z95s in with the list with this yes. guy, right? You can easily get four. Five if you're really stingy on the the Shadowcaster. Uh-huh. So, I mean, Blair, you, you you like to fly those kind of mixed rebel or the mixed grill type list with like a big ship and a bunch of small ships. Yeah, are you just not feeling the uh, the Z95s pairing up with this Lancer? Well, you you basically would have to run it like Mark ran it and just put feedback arrays on all of them because that's the only way you'd really be able to handle some aces unless you're going to kind of use this big uh, one as your blocker, which I'm not really a fan of because it can't boost or barrel roll. But just the fact that the big thing is that it, it has to hit. And so if you're like shooting at an ace and this thing shoots first, it's probably going to dodge that. And three points is pretty expensive. So that's the main concern is that uh, those are the, the big things you want to reduce agility on is the stuff that's really hard to hit like robots or aces. Center. Yeah. What about pairing it with the top level pilot, Katsu Onyo, whose ability reads at the start of the combat phase, you may choose a ship at range one. If it is inside your primary and mobile firing arc, assign one tractor beam token to it. So you can, you can tractor them to start. Then their defenses are down. You attack it. You get another tractor beam token on it. Their agility is reduced by two. And then you have two Y-wings with TLT and BTLA4. And let's not forget about the other great part about tractor beam is just the the mobility aspect, getting into control where your enemy small base ship moves. Yes. But again, that's all if it hits. And... Um, if you if you're just assigning a tractor beam token to it, do you still get to barrel roll or boost it, or is that only yes you do? Okay, yes. well in that case, yeah, you can just hurl Sunter in a rock and be like, "Sorry, Sunter, you're on a rock now, and yeah. you're going to be on the rock in the next round as well." But again, those those double tractor beams they haven't really appeared much in the meta thus far. Simply well, because there's a lot of one and zero agility ships out there that they don't do a whole lot to. So in those matchups, you know, but, you know, I'm not saying it's going to suck. I'm just that I'm just trying to provide a I mean, contrast. There are, there are ways here. to make the ship really accurate. If you're running it with a uh, glitter stem and Dengar crew, there's, there's you know, that. two rerolls and a focus for your attack. Yes, yeah, but, it's, but he's only three attack dice. I mean, you're shooting at Sunter. He's he exactly like, like three even dice, if you land four hits on Sunter, if he's turtled, you're probably not punching through because I mean, it does have it does have an elite slot, so you can you can throw that crack shot on there. You can throw crack shot on. You can, so you definitely could. That'd scare Sunter. I see where you're coming from, but I think I think we'll be seeing a lot of this. Yeah, and I would actually like. Uh, Sabine with double glitter stem is what I would like because of her mm-hmm. ability. Uh, oh, yeah. Be interesting to see how much green she has. But with this ship, you don't really care. If she can just one bank with green, like you can more or less live with that because of her, the mobile firing arc. So we, we know she has a three bank green. Okay. So let's, let's quickly cover what her ability is because we kind of haven't covered it yet. So for those who don't yes. remember, 
It's um, when attacking, when when defending against an enemy ship inside your mobile firing arc at range one to two, you may add one focus result to your roll. And that's, you're adding it too. You're not just like modifying it. So that's pretty big. So yeah, you can take an evade with her and she's, it's, if you have glitter sim, it's like a guaranteed evade every time you're defending at least. Not to mention the two agility and the unlimited focus as well. So she could certainly be pretty tanky. Yeah, so I think this is going to be a really promising wave. Hopefully Scum fills some of the gaps they've been missing. Um, One thing I do want to mention is that I think Minox Squadron will be pretty happy because they seem to be uh, giving these pilots actual names. We have even the Imperial pilots. We have Quick Draw and people with actual names rather than just Omega Leader and... Yeah, I have one of the uh, their custom cards they did um, for Omega Leader, where they called her uh, Lockdown. Yeah, Lockdown. Yeah, I need that card. I use her so much. Uh huh. Yep, I treasure that card. Thank you, Minox. And also, we're gonna kick your ass on Vassal. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I like this wave. I think it's good. Um, the the Rebel ship looks fun. You got a bunch of new mechanics there. You got a Ace Killer. Um, coming from the Imperials, so I kind of like the revolutionary vibe of that one. Um, and both of the scum ships have a lot of promise. Um, it looks like my preliminary feeling is I'm super stoked. Yeah, yeah. I, I th- I'm much more sanguine about this wave than I was wave eight. If that dial sucks on the uh, protectorate starfighter, I will be, be so mad. Yeah, it's gonna, it's like scum gets it again. Um, hey, speaking, speaking of which, who are the protectorates kind of in game lore? Does anyone know? Who are they protecting? And why? I don't care. They take my money. <laughs> Stay tuned for next episode to find out. You know, this is where if our Ricky would know if he, if we hadn't have pushed him out the airlock, <laughs> he'd be able to answer this question. Say, Levy. Well, seems like a good place to close out the show. I want to mention our squad design challenge. The one from last episode is still running. Give you guys a little bit more time to bust out your favorite Star Viper list and email it to us at scumandvillainypodcast at gmail.com. Blair would appreciate it if you sent the list in text format rather than a link. And the winner will get a cool prize Possibly a Star Viper expansion if you really need two more copies of Auto Thrusters. I also want to thank our supporters on Patreon. We really appreciate being able to provide prize support for some of the cool Vassal tournaments that are going on. And we have some cool things that are in the works, but we can't... But they just aren't far enough along yet to uh, disclose. But stay tuned for news on that in the future. So for... Sozin, Sable, Blair, and myself, and of course, our lost pirate leader, Ricky. I want to say thank you for listening to us, and good hunting out there.